Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. Real. True. Stories. May the narrative be with you. That's a lot of hair. Um, so growing up in Norway, I was an only child. And that suited me just fine. Because what that meant is that when I came home from school, I could put on whatever cartoon I wanted. Probably Pokemon. Um, I was also the only child of a single parent, just my mom and I. And that suited me just fine, too, because we were super close. It was awesome. She loved to bake, and I remember this one time. She was at work, and I wanted to, to bake for my mom. And so I went into the kitchen. I got, like, a couple pounds of flour, and I went to the bathroom, which is where you bake bread, and I just dumped the flour in the tub and poured some yeast on it and poured some water on it and left it to bake. <laughs> Can you imagine how happy she was coming home to that? It was awesome. Imagine being able to learn like that. Just fantastic. Um, but growing up in Norway, you know, it's a, it's a very Christian, it's a very conservative, it's a very nuclear family. All the other kids at my school would be like, hey, like, we notice your mom's always dropping you off. Like, where's your dad? Where's your, like, what's up with your dad? And I'd be like, I don't have a dad. And they'd be like, everybody has a dad. And I'd be like, well, I don't. It's like, that's, what, that's what's up. Um, I remember every year at Christmas, though, we'd get these big fantastic boxes from the United States of America. And they would have all these awesome stickers and stamps from the post office. But my favorite thing was this neat architectural type handwriting that said, from Petter Mo. My grandfather was sending us care packages in Norway. And we'd open them up and there'd be all these treasures that you could just never find in Norway. I'm talking about fruit roll-ups. <laughs> I'm talking about Hidden Valley Ranch dip mix. Because <laughs> there's no ranch in Norway. And best of all, these two big yellow boxes with Cheerios. I fucking love Cheerios. I remember my mom would drop me off at kindergarten in like just a pitch black, dark Norwegian morning. And I would be sitting there with all the other kids who were dropped off. You know, their parents had to go to work early. And they'd be eating cornflakes. I had Cheerios. Like a boss. Love Cheerios. Um... When I was six, my mom was like, hey, look, your grandfather's going to come visit. We're going to go pick him up at the airport. And we did, and we, we got him. And he's this tall, cool, slim, slender man with perfect pleats in his pants. And he only had a carry-on. How cool is that? Uh, we brought him home, and he was probably tired from, you know, like a long trip from Portland to Norway, you know, Connection London, Connect, Connection Gatwick. And, um, and he bought a bottle of Bombay Sapphire at the Duty Free, and he came home and he made himself a gin tonic, and my mom made him some toast with jam, and he sat in the living room couch. And I remember sitting at the dining room table just sort of looking at this new person in my life, trying to figure it out, and smelling that, that pine and juniper earthy deliciousness. Uh, and the next day, I got to take my grandfather to school. I mean, in reality, he walked me to school, but I got to share him and show him off for my friends, and they loved him. They thought he was the funniest guy. He did magic tricks. He impressed the whole school. It was so cool. I remember the next day, my best friend came over to me, and he, like, tapped me on the shoulder, and he was like, hey, du, um, din beste far, uh, er han en trollmann? Translated, that means, hey, um, your best dad. That's how you say grandfather in Norwegian. It's not grandmother, it's best mother. It's not grandfather, it's best mother. I love that. This kid, he came up to me and he was like, hey, your grandfather, is he a wizard? <laughs> yeah, my grandfather was a wizard. It was the best. Uh, when I was nine, my mom asked me, hey, do you, got, do you want to move to the United States of America? Do you want to move to the U.S.? And that's kind of a big deal. You know, I'd have to move away. I'd have to lose all my friends. I'd have to lose my school. I didn't speak English. Like, this was a pretty challenging thing, but I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. We get to go live with PM? We get to go live with my grandfather? Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's do it. 
I was so excited, and we moved there. And he has this beautiful flat roof international building, and he drives an SUV, which is just amazing. And uh, I remember waking up in the middle of the night. I was jet lagged, and I go into the kitchen, and I find in the kitchen Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> whoa, whoa, just so Honey Nut Cheerios is a thing. I was so excited. And we started hanging out, like, every day. He started teaching me tennis down at the Bridal Mile Tennis Courts. You know, we went to the Portland International Auto Show. He took me sailing. It was just the best. He made a point of showing up to every single one of my middle school basketball games. Every single one. I suck at basketball. I think I maybe made four goals, no, four shots, the whole career for three years. But he showed up for every single one, every single Saturday. He would show up, and he worked at that time, so he'd come from work, you know, clean suit, pleats in the pants, looking great. And I remember my coach was super impressed. He came over to me, and he was like, is that your grandfather? He's showing up to, like, every game. None of the other parents are doing this. Is he a wizard? <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing, though, would be to go out into the world and explore something. I'd go to summer camp, and I'd come home, and I would recite all of the songs that I learned from. I love summer camp. Um, when it was time for college, I decided I wanted to move back to Norway, and I did. And when it was time, when I was finished, I came back, and I didn't come back to my mom in Seattle. I came back to my grandfather in Portland, because that's where home was. And I told him how Norway had changed, you know, what buildings are new, how expensive it is there now. Um, yeah, and we just had this great connection. In 2011, I was living in Guatemala, just like Samuel. I was loving it. I, was, I had the best job ever as a bartender. I had the coolest apartment in like a ghetto part of town. I just loved it, and I had the three best friends ever, Hannah, Kristen, and Sasha. We were like the best group ever. My only problem is that my visa was about to expire. You know, I'm not a Guatemalan, so I can only be there for six months at a time, and then they say kind of like, can you leave? Um, you can come back, but just you need to go on vacation, and then you can come back. Um, so I did. I got a ticket back to Portland, and I was so excited to talk to my grandfather about this new country that I discovered, this new place where I wanted to like, forge a future for myself. You know, he's an immigrant. He moved from Norway to the U.S. in 1959, and he forged a new life for himself. And here I have found the way that I can, too, become an immigrant and, like, and make my life. I thought it's great. So my plan was to move back to Portland, and, uh, and I'd get a job, and I'd save up some dollars, and then those would translate really well into Katsali's. And then I would, you know, I'd be set for this new life of mine. However, in 2011, the job market in Portland was pretty dismal. What I would do is I would apply to 10 jobs every single day. That's 10 bullshit cover letters. That's 10 online applications where I'm entering all the information from the resume, the way I put it on the resume. Can you just read my resume? Ten every single day, and every single day I'd get ten rejections. Ten applications, ten rejections. And what went from a day turned into a week, turned into a month, turned into half a year. For six months, I was unemployed, having no money and feeling just stuck living with my grandfather. I was so unhappy. Uh, I felt like I was losing every, all the happiness, all the joy that I had in Guatemala. You know, like, you move back to Portland and some of your friends, they don't, you know, they don't care about you anymore, and so they're not there. And then, you know, your friends in Guatemala, you can't talk to them on Facebook every day. That's not productive. So I just, I'd lost everything. I'd lost so much. Um, I finally got a job at Green Mountain Energy, doing door-to-door -door sales, which I hate. I hate door-to-door -door sales so much. Being that interruption in people's lives, knock, knock, knock. Hey, how would you like to pay twice as much for electricity that you're paying now, but it's coming from windmills? No? Oh, okay. 
it sucked. You're just knocking so much rejection. The only thing that had changed is that the rejection from the employers was now rejection from real life people in front of me. And I, I just hated that, hated being that person. I had, this, I had this one just shitty day. They'd set me up in front of Whole Foods in the Pearl. They'd given me a shitty little table with shitty little information and shitty little rocks so that the information wouldn't blow off. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> Terrible day. I'm just there, in, like, in, like in between people trying. They just want to get a banana and an organic coffee, and I'm there. Hey, windmills? You know, it just sucked. And they would just be like, no, and they just shut you down, and they walk away, and they're rude. I just hated it. I hated my whole life. I, got, I packed up my shitty little table, and I got on the bus. I freaking hate the bus. Um, and I go home. I'm on the bus, and I, I get a Facebook message from my friend Hannah, and she says, no, oh, I can't come visit you. She was going to come visit me. We were going to go to a concert in Nevada together, and she's, no, I, I can't. I don't have money. I don't have time. And I just felt like at that moment that I had lost absolutely everything. I came home, and I went to bed, and I started crying. Just, I started thinking, like, look, I can't do this. I don't. I don't want to be here. I can't, I can't keep going like this. I don't want to live. And I cried myself to sleep. I woke up the next day, and I go downstairs, and I start making some coffee, still feeling really raw from like those thoughts that I'd had the previous night. And there's my grandfather. Hey, look, can you, uh, can you just go help me in the garden real quick? Can you just like go cut some bushes for me? And I just, I exploded. I couldn't take it anymore. I just, I, I, I was so angry. I started crying, and I told him all about how unhappy I was and how depressed I was and how I just wanted to go back to Guatemala. And he said, look, look, you can't, you can't keep feeling like this. You can't keep going on like this. Look, I'll pay for you to go to Guatemala. It's not a problem. And I said, no, I don't, I don't want you to pay for me. I want to be able to do this on my own. How hard is it just to get six, six, like $600? It's not that hard. Why is this so fucking difficult? And he said, look, you should, you should go for a walk. You need to go outside and like, clear your head. So I do. I go knock on my neighbor's door, and I get her two pit bulls that are just happy and excited and they bring me so much joy, and we go for a walk. You know, there's still snot in my nose, and my eyes are red, and the sun's out. And I start to think about what he said to me. I just, I can't keep feeling like this. Okay. He'll, he'll pay for me to go to Guatemala? He's retired now. He's on a fixed income. And he's willing to pay for me to go to Guatemala? You know, if he was my dad, he probably would have said something like, oh, life is tough, man up, grow a pair. But he didn't. He cared, he cared about me. I can't keep feeling like this. So I quit my job at Green Mountain Energy, and I got a job at Subway, which is not any better of a job, but people are generally pretty happy when you're making them a sandwich. <laughs> so I got that rejection out of my life. I saved up some money, and I went back to Guatemala. I got another six months. I started working at the bar again. I got an apartment that was even cooler than the last one, and my life was just good again. <sighs> About a year ago, I moved back in with my grandfather. I was out traveling, and I moved back with him. And we have the best time together. I drive into Bridge every Wednesday, and we drive down Burnside, and there's new cool stories about, you know, we used to be able to park on Burnside, and this business has been there forever, and then what's up with this? It's so cool to learn and to see th through his eyes. We have, you know, now that it's sunny out, we're sitting out on the back porch drinking a beer. Old people, they're kind of like the Internet. <laughs> there's just cool story after cool story and amazing inspiration. You know, he's teaching me about World War II and about politics and all this amazing stuff and histories, you know, stories about, you know, when he's a, he was a kid growing up in Norway. But I'm realizing we're getting to that point where there may be a time in the future where I may not be able to come home. I'm not going to be able to come home because he's not going to be there. And that really sucks. That really fucking sucks. Because he's not just my grandfather. 
And he's not just my dad. He's my best dad. (laughs) 